0: Hello there, and welcome to the Colleen, Green, and Marine podcast.
1: Hello, hello, welcome to our show.
0: Yeah, we're great at jingles.
1: We're
2: great.
0: Aren't you happy uh, I stopped doing the, the joke for at the beginning of our podcast every yeah. time? Yeah. I was thinking about, uh, you know, bringing it back for this episode, but...
1: Do you have one?
0: How do whales clean things?
1: With the Bissell?
0: <laughs> no, with a shamwow. Can we please <laughs> not
1: put this on? Do you
0: get it? I get it. Cause shamu? Yeah. Oh okay. But it's not good. Ugh. All right. So welcome to episode twenty-five, everybody. We are going to dive into the mysteries of you. Mm-hmm. histories that surround the deep ocean depths that remain unsolved to this day and they have happened a long time ago or very recently and scientists are still puzzled and have no clue what is going on or what has happened but they have their best guesses and their best estimates and we are going to talk about them today on the clean green and marine podcast right
1: yeah that was a lot
0: (laughs) You know how those, like, BBC, like, mystery channels are always like, this cave is the deep. Yeah, I was trying to channel that. Got it. All right, uh, so you want to start us off with the mysteries of the deep?
1: Yeah. We're going to do the Baltic Sea anomaly. Ooh, that rhymed. I didn't make up the rhyme. That's just what it is, the Baltic Sea anomaly. That's
0: just what it be, though.
1: This one is interesting and... You can pull up photos of it while I chat about it if you're able to. The Baltic Sea Anomaly, still.
0: I could say I've never heard of it.
1: Still don't know exactly what it is. There are some guesses and maybe better guesses. But this is something that was found in 2011 by Marine Explorers. They found an unidentified mound in the sea between Sweden and Finland during an exploration. So, what they saw was clear lines and striations across its surface, which almost seemed to resemble like rooms and corridors. And behind it, a thousand foot long runway had been flattened in the sand. So, it looked like the object had slid. Down to the point where it rested. So it kind of like fell, slid on the sand, left those lines, and now it's just resting there. So after they saw this, divers from the crew were sent down to take a closer look. And they basically found what looked like steps and a domed compartment from the main structure and they said it also appeared to like look like if it had tunnels or passageways so they tried to take some images um, while they were down there and there there are some images but um they ran into some difficulties when they were over the object and their sensor and photography equipment failed on them when they were above the mound and their sonar was blocked by electrical interference and satellite phones had their batteries emptied, which is weird, right?
0: Yeah, it almost looks uh, from looking at it like the Millennium Falcon.
1: Yeah, so it's been it's been said that it looks like the Millennium Falcon from Star Wars. <laughs> I know. So, like, is it an? It's been theorized. Is it an alien spaceship that crashed into the ocean? They studied the material investigated by Stockholm University, and they said that the structure is made of volcanic rock, so they they don't think it's an alien structure. I don't believe they would use volcanic rock uh, for their UFOs, but I don't know. I don't know if they're lying either. Maybe they just made that up so we would leave it alone. Geologists say that the Baltic Sea anomaly was left over from moving glaciers during the Ice Age which carved out much of the Baltic Sea. So maybe, but the fact that the electrical equipment was frazzled and not working above the mound makes you wonder, like, how could just the gla- like glaciers or volcanic rock do that? So they've theorized maybe it was a secret Nazi bunker, potentially. Another idea that it could be an ancient temple from the Atlantis city claimed by the sea Hmm. so we don't know exactly it seems like there's different theories out there and again they could cover up what it actually is and just say oh yeah it's just you know a natural it it looks like it was something because it has interesting shapes and like the way that the stairs are I don't know it looks like it wasn't just like a natural um, like glacier like
0: I've also never seen a glacial movement that has, I guess, fragmented and dragged across the ocean floor as if, like, it Well, had they said it
1: did, like, it could have maybe fell. Yeah. And landed that way. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know how it made it look like that, though. But that's what geologists say. I think they're covering up. I think it's a spaceship.
0: If that's the case... And let's say they just, you know, what university?
1: Stockholm.
0: Stockholm. Let's say Stockholm took a sample of, you know, they don't want to ruin the structure, so let's say they took a sample of the outer rock, right? Yeah. If something on the ocean floor is 140,000 years old, imagine the amount of sediment and rocks and igneous rocks from, from volcanoes, for, you know, Imagine the amount of volcanoes in 140,000 years. Imagine the amount of sediment and glacial movements that that could have attached to the structure. Coral reefs that may have moved on, you know, been here and moved on. And I very well, like, looking at this, it still has, like, does look like a ship. My theory is that this definitely is a spaceship that's (laughs) just been in the ocean for...
1: Yeah, that's what I think, too.
0: I never heard about it until now.
1: Mm Mhm. Mysterious, right? Yeah. All right, let's move on.
0: So I'm going to talk about the bloop and Julia. Oh. That's my best bloop. That
1: does not sound anything like a bloop.
0: Bloop. So (laughs) the bloop was a sound. Have you ever heard of it, by the way? Yeah, I have. have? Okay. So have you heard of Julia?
1: Yeah. You have.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well,
1: I heard it when I was looking for Mysteries of the Sea.
0: Okay, so they're pretty similar, except they do have very different uh, characteristics that I'll get into. In 1997, the U.S. National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, you you know, these administrations with their long names, just call it the NOAA for short, off of the southwestern coast of South America. So both of these sounds, by the way, I want to put this in context right now, have happened off into the Pacific Ocean on the southwestern coast of South America, north of Antarctica, so in that blip of ocean, if you can visualize okay. that. these uh, A low-frequency, high-amplitude sound was recorded by a hydrophone array. A hydrophone... For those who don't know, because I didn't know, it measures undersea seismicity, ice noise, and marine mammal population and migration. So it picks up whales. It picks up um, different glacial movements in Antarctica and other surrounding areas, and you know volcanic activity, earthquakes, anything like that. And the sound that this hydrophone had picked up on 1997 was unlike any other no- ice noise that they had heard at the time, and any seismicity, as these sounds are always above 3,000-mile frequencies. So anytime there's like a glacial movement, it is like at 4,500, 5,000, 6,000, and any smaller ones don't even pick up.
2: Mm-hmm. They're, like,
0: they're like at 1,000. So there was not, there's really like a huge, huge gap between glacial movements where smaller glacial movements are at like 1,000 or less. And the big glacial movements that are like big, big icebergs, you know, mountains crashing, are are over, you know, four thousand. So this was this was at twenty five hundred miles and they had never heard of anything in that range. It's that's certainly bigger than what a blue whale noise can make. And the wavelength didn't look like anything that an ice noise or seismic activity had created, and it didn't appear to look like a sound wave of a continuous or I'm sorry, let me rephrase it. It did look like a sound wave of a continuous underwater screech or yell or, you know, it it looked like a bigger waveform of a blue whale. So like if you look at a blue whale waveform and then you look at this, they look pretty similar, which was like, it shocked scientists. So it's just four times as big as estimated of a blue whale. So imagine Mm -hmm. whatever, if, if this was like a creature, the creature in terms of just Biology would have to be four times bigger than a blue whale, mm-hmm. which they're already massive. So the sound, uh, I, this is something that a lot of people have have talked upon. The NOAA every time they record a sound and every time it looks or sounds like you know something, they always speed it up to sixteen times because otherwise it would be like you know forty-five seconds or something. So they always speed it sixteen times so it's like a, a five-second clip, and so it just like it sounds like a bloop. It's like um, and they say, oh, that's just a glacial movement. So, if you, the sound at normal playback sounds like an eerie alien ship facility or a noise of something powering up, in my opinion, the bloop. And it's not really what scientists have concluded it could possibly be. And here's the sound at normal playback for you to listen. So that's eerie, right?
2: It is, sure.
0: I'm going to have you listen after. <laughs> um, well, I've
1: heard it, but I'll hear it again.
0: I don't know if you've heard the actual original file, though. Okay. You might have heard the 16 times. Um, it's pretty common to hear the 16 times one. So scientists have claimed this sound over the years is most likely scenario. You know, we're talking like 2011, 2015, 2020. Multiple scientists have said Has that. it
1: only happened once?
0: I'll get into that. Um, this sound is most likely scenario is the scraping together of two glaciers falling into the water. That's, that's just what they've said. Um, at first it was not ruled like that. And then it took 10 plus years of research. It wasn't until around 2007 to 2010 that, um, a a scientist was like, yeah, this is, this is a glacial movement. So again, it is just the scientists who studied this. They just said, this is the most logical scenario. They, they ruled out a giant animal by about 2012. And similarly, as you said, another noise was heard off the northern coast of Antarctica in 1999 by another set of hydrophones. It was in the Bransfield Straits in Cape Adair. This sound was much larger than the bloop. And whatever was capable of producing this sound was the size of the Empire State Building, roughly. Mm. Biologic and uh, geology terms mm-hmm. it was about the size of the Empire State Building if it was something either falling in the water or making the noise. This was the Julia. So the Julia is much larger than the Bloop, way more unbelievable for it to be a creature of any sort. But the Julia is classified as an iceberg scraping into the ocean. And the problem is, the Julia was recorded off of the coast of Antarctica. So very, very close to Antarctica. I don't, I don't know the exact mileage, um, but there was no icebergs present where the bloop sound was picked up. Mm-hmm. So that's why I don't buy the iceberg scraping because the Julia came in at around 4,000, which sounds, and if you listen to the Julia, it sounds like something is, is falling into the why ocean. Why is it called Julia? Why are hurricanes called Ian? So
1: they, they name sound. Yeah, they, okay. na- they
0: name these iceberg things. So my point is, like, Julia came in at around 4,000, and if you ha- hear the normal playback and you compare it to other glacial, glacial scrapings, Julia does sound more like an animal, but it also, you can hear the, like, like of something falling and scraping into the ocean whereas the bloop sounds nothing like that, nothing like that. I don't know where, I think they just have to say that logically this is an iceberg, but I don't buy it because they have no, they like, other than a hypothesis of, you know, things that there's nothing in the range of where the bloop sound was recorded, they have nothing to go off of. Mm. Um, And that there was no icebergs present where the bloop was. The Julia, there was icebergs present. Additionally, the bloop would be, like I said, four times larger than a blue whale, which the actuality of a or practicality of the size of a creature that could physically be swimming in the southern oceans of Earth where we have little to no exploration of the deep oceans that way, um, that's, that's actually pretty probable. Like The size of a creature being the size of the Julia is, is less probable. I don't think anything could, in the ocean could fit in the ocean if it was the size of the Empire State Building. But something that's about four times as large as the Bloop could essentially be living in the deep ocean, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, also, super fun fact to add to the mystery. Any H.P. Lovecraft fans here, H.P. Uh, Lovecraft in 1928 wrote a short novel called The Call of Cthulhu. I'm sure you know no one's heard of it. Cthulhu ever. He's he's a not known guy. Yeah, at they made all. a whole movie on Cthulhu. I was being sarcastic. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, in this novel and in, in, in his illustration, he actually has an illustration of the ancient lost city of Riley or Riley. If I'm butchering the sound, um someone let me know. I don't know how to pronounce this in the book. And this city is in the exact geographical location of the Blue frequency. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like where he wrote that, that city in taking place is, is right where the bloop sound was heard. So, all in all, super cool information. And even though scientists have closed their case in that they just say it's an iceberg and deal with it, um,
1: it's not an iceberg. I don't, I don't, they just don't know. So, there's just so they're to just saying,
0: some- yeah. And so, it's like scientists declared that a meteor destroyed the dinosaurs, but like again, we don't know, we're just estimating that is the most based on evidence what happened um they've even said that you know the pyramid the giza pyramid was a tomb for royals but it's actually come recently in the scientific light that it's a conductor early tesla tower so science always changes based on new information and i don't think we truly know what the noise was recorded that is the blue it's just a scary noise
1: A scary noise
0: so i'm gonna i'm gonna play the original sound for you but yeah that that's the sounds it's just crazy it's just crazy
1: it's very strange. Mm-hmm. Mysterious. All right.
0: but that's all I have for the Bloop and the Julia.
1: All right. The next one is The Monster of Monterey Bay. It sounds like a Goosebumps uh, episode or book.
0: Or Scooby-Doo, yeah.
1: Scooby-Doo, I love it. Like,
0: I've never heard of The Monster of Monterey Bay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Tales of something strange lurking in Monterey Bay has been around since at least the 1900s when sailors and fishermen in the area began to make sightings of what would eventually be called Bobo or the Old Man in the Sea. Hmm? Which is most often described as a massive seal-like creature with a human-looking face. So one of the earliest accounts of this creature was made in 1922 by a fisherman named Sal Coletto, And he was fishing near Monterey Bay, um, close to Moss Landing, when he noticed something odd bobbing out of the water. So as he approached to investigate, he said that he saw a mysterious marine creature with the head the size of a fifty-gallon barrel, a duck bill, and a bulging forehead, so a very, very odd-looking creature that he claimed to have seen that day. So, sixteen years later, he he also apparently went. Um, I don't know if crazy is the word, but he got really passionate about trying to find this creature again. Mm. And he did get to see it 16 years later in the same general vicinity while aboard his boat. And he was with his brother. So his brother saw it as well. They basically pulled up to it within 50 feet and noticed that um, it was like a sea creature they had never seen before. It was described as being around 45 feet long, and it was covered in thick, wrinkled brown skin. But the most startling detail was that its face looked like a monkey or an old man. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So uh, apparently the creature didn't even notice at first, and he was just floating on its back with its eyes closed, sleeping and after a few minutes, it suddenly opened its large pink eyes and glared at the crew before making a loud snore and disappearing back into the water and out of sight. So um, after the report of this creature was out, fishermen and boaters began to report seeing something similar um, in those waters, usually making like seeing the same type of creature a really long body and a, like an ape-like face so there's been many accounts of like seeing this creature in that area
0: this is sort of like a Loch Ness problem like a Loch Ness scenario
1: maybe there was some reports that said <laughs> that it had long red hair so I don't know about that part of it um these are just, like, reports from, like, the fishermen, basically.
0: A lot of the images I see online when I type in the Monterey Bay monster, it, it looks like a Plerodon. No, I'm sorry, not a Leopleridon, but a Plesiosaurus. Yeah,
1: so I'll, I'll um, I think I have a part about that in here. There was another report in 1939. Uh, fishermen approached what they thought to be, like, a log in the water, but it, they apparently poked it to find out they, are, they saw a similar creature, like a very large beast, larger than an elephant, with a face like gorilla, they said again.
0: Face like a gorilla.
1: So there have been many possible explanations of what this old man of the sea could have been, such as an elephant seal, an oversized salmon, a rare deep the oarfish um yeah also have a red mane
0: i can definitely see the oarfish because oarfish are long but they're not brown they're silver and they do look like a monkey oarfish well like look at that it kind of looks monkey like right
1: yeah that's that's very true at some point um after they've been finding all these sightings they they referred to the animal as Bobo, the old man in the sea, and from then on, um, they kept a camera, um, hoping to see Bobo again, but the original um, guy, Sal, never ended up seeing it again. After a few years later, a strange creature washed ashore on a beach two miles north of Santa Cruz. The, it was dead. But it was reported to be of an unidentified beast with a duck-like head, a long neck, a tail like that of a whale, and legs like an elephant, complete with toenails. Um, Reports of the size of the thing varied. Some sources were saying it was 30 feet long. Others claiming it was more like 50 feet long. And they said it had a, a serpentine neck, which was like between 6 and 20 feet long. So scientists, including E.L. Wallace, a former president of the National History Society of British Columbia, did not think the carcass was that of a whale or shark. He suggested the animal might be a Palliosaurus. I'm sorry, a Plesiosaurus, a large marine reptile held over from the Jurassic period. Mm -hmm. Whatever it was, they never spotted it again.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. There's old photographies of... that, but that's all they have on it, because I guess they, uh, there, there was no social media back then, so.
1: Yeah, they didn't really have a lot of, like, photos Yeah. back then.
0: Monster of Monterey Bay and Bobo the Old Man of the Sea. Huh? Scary. Creepy.
1: Yeah, I mean, it never seemed to harm anyone, or there's no reports of that, but it sounds pretty creepy.
0: It does sound creepy. Well, I'm on to the next one. I'm going to talk about the sycamore knoll. Knoll? And no, it is not any relation to a sycamore tree. Okay. So, the sycamore knoll is an oddity in the ocean topography and geography world. The sycamore knoll appears to stand out from surrounding underwater topography as it looks like a giant underwater structure, like it was built. Okay. And no one knows what it could be. And scientists have declared it is just a naturally occurring phenomenon off of the coast of Malibu, California. So essentially, it is three miles out from the coast. And uh, so far, it's been called Land of the Mermaids. It's been called an alien base. It's been called a U.S. underwater research facility. Even some saying it's an ancient deteriorated city, among others. And a paper was even written by science director Ethan F. Williams and contributors. And basically, this is some very scientific stuff right here. They said that it is a wave-planed pop-up structure in a sinistral oblique thrust system formed by ocean uplift at play by ocean forces. So I'm going to put a link to that in the description of the podcast. I'm going to put a link to that article. So Ethan is basically saying it's, it's a wave-planed structure, and it's a pop-up. And it's in a sinistral oblique thrust system, whatever that means. And it's formed by ocean uplift. So if you look at the rest of the surrounding structures, you can kind of see that the sedimentary materials kind of pushed up and lifted up off the ground, whether that's like the tectonic plates or seismic activity that's, you know, off the coast of California. But even still, it looks so unique. Uh, I know that's a lot of big words that I don't you don't know much about either, but it it looks like a doorway to a secret underwater facility when you look it up. The top is flat, it's eroded, with a small dip bed on the top. On the sides of this knoll are two fault lines, crushed together to make an uneven seabed floor, leaving the knoll perfectly smooth. The front of the knoll has columns that seem to lift up at the top of the structure with a large cave-like grand entrance that looks to be roughly a mile in width so doesn't that look strange? Yeah. Yeah, so that's off the coast of Malibu. You can see the tectonic plates on the side smashing together, and you can even see this fault line right here that's been lifted up, so the plates literally are lifting up, but then how the heck has that structure been, like, topped off smooth, like it was, like, vacuumed over with, like, columns that are, like, sitting on there so reportedly from divers they have said that the sycamore knoll actually does not have columns or an entrance cave it is strictly a knoll but it is a matter of like topography maps that just kind of make things look like a uh like it's an underwater city essentially it just looks so out of place from the rest of the topography that is around the ocean there.
1: Yeah, it looks like it was something that was built.
0: Right. It looks like it's housing something. With
1: the columns and everything.
0: So you either, and not that many divers have actually, because it's pretty deep down. I, I don't have the exact footage of how far 2, down.
1: 2,000 feet.
0: Yeah, so that's, that's quite a dive, just a dive down. So I don't think many people have, have even scratched the surface of that area. Uh, for now, just this, this moment in time, it has remained a mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, there are scientists like, you know, Ethan F. Williams who have their theory that it is a wave-planed pop-up structure in a sinistral oblique thrust system formed <laughs> by ocean uplift at play by ocean forces. I love saying that. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> if you read the article, there you will not understand half of it until you, like, take a second and, like, look up the words and you're like, oh, okay, like, this is what this means, this is what this means. But, yeah, I thought it was cool. I thought it was unique in the fact that it just does not match the, the fault systems around.
1: Yeah, everything else is like, you know.
0: You can tell where the where the, the plate is. Like, plate is like over here where, where like California is. It's like a perfect is. shape
1: and everything else is like its own form and natural formed and has rocks and different things. And this is just like this perfectly smooth, yeah. symmetrical oval.
0: Yeah, it's really weird. So, some, so, you know, there's, there's the people who are like, that's an alien city. And then some people are like, that's an underwater research facility. And some are like, that's an old ancient city. And I'm like, the only one that really makes sense is either an alien base or underwater facility because it can't be a deteriorated ancient city because earthquakes and false lines would, like, have destroyed that thing by now.
2: Who
1: knows?
0: There's been so many earthquakes, I feel like that would have been just...
1: Another mystery of the sea.
0: That one was a quick one.
1: My last one here, I just, it's not really something specific, but it was just to briefly talk about how much we don't know about the ocean. Mm. And so much. (laughs) 70% of the Earth's surface is below the ocean. And the ocean has been mapped in large details of three miles or more in length. So basically, because of that, like only... Like 9-
0: topography satellites mapping the geography of it.
1: Right. But in large, like, length. So not really detailed. Basically, only 70... Or, I'm sorry. 95% of our oceans remain hidden. There's 95% that hasn't been mapped. So we're still learning a lot about what's going on in the ocean. We really don't know that much about it. We've only seen... I guess five percent and still finding new discoveries all the time and i think it was cool when i was looking this up i don't think most people have heard of this but there was a 47 meter long this is 154 jellyfish a seen in the 2020 by australian scientists it's the apomia jellyfish hmm. and this was recently discovered this is a massive creature 154 feet I know you yeah. told me about this the other day, but it just goes to show, like, we're still discovering things, especially things of this size, like.
0: Yeah, it looks like a, uh, uh, what are those, like, you know. It doesn't even
1: look like a creature. You know
0: those, um, what are those called, where you get, like, a stick, if they're, like, in cheerleading and, like. Like
1: the ribbons. Yeah,
0: the ribbon twirling. Yeah. It looks like a ribbon twirling. Like,
1: really long. Yeah, it, like, yeah. makes, like, a spiral on yeah. the ground. The Mariana Trench, um, found in the Western Pacific Ocean, is the deepest part located in any ocean. And it's a 1580-mile crescent-shaped section in the crust of the Earth. The trench goes down at least 36,070 feet, more than seven miles. Who
0: knows what's down there.
1: Longer than Mount Everest. Like, that's how deep it goes. And many people have climbed up to Mount Everest. The highest point on Earth, but only 22 people to this day have descended to the Marianas Trench, which is crazy. Like just
0: to it, not even like to the bottom, but like to it, right?
1: No, they get to the bottom of it. Oh, yeah, they've gotten to the bottom of it.
0: I would never want to do that.
1: No, the it's called the Challenger Deep in the Pacific Marianas uh, Trench, yeah. and most of these explorations were in the last couple of years. In 2019, there were only two, so just a few years ago, there was 20 more that traveled down there. They have found many life forms living in extreme conditions, high pressures, freezing temperatures, and complete darkness. So many remains to be learned from exploring the mysteries of the deep. Hmm. So much still unexplored and unknown and kind of. Interesting to think about, like, what is going on down there?
0: Yeah, last I checked, of, of the 70% that you mentioned was the Earth's surface, 70% of the Earth's surface is the ocean. Yeah. Of that 70%, only 91%—or, er, sorry, it was 91% remains unmapped.
1: Oh, I said 95, but is it 91?
0: No, 95 is the old number. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. There's like ninety five has been the number for years. They recently within the last Matched few years more. um re- redid their study. I don't know what how they do that study, but they've upped it to ninety one percent, which which still is like nothing. There's there's still ninety percent of the world. We've
1: on, we've only mapped nine percent. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's nothing.
1: No, that's hardly anything.
0: <laughs> so that's crazy.
1: And then we have one last mystery.
0: And this is very similar to the Sycamore Knoll. It is called the Japan, or the Atlantis of Japan. Japan, Atlantis, however you want to word it. (laughs) The name for it is Yonaguni Monument.
2: Okay.
0: Now, Yonaguni is pretty cool. So, Yonaguni Monument is a 50-meter-long by 20-meter-wide behemoth underwater Structure and is one of the world's most unusual underwater sites. It's basically a obliquely stacked pyramid like monument that's believed to be more than 10,000 years old. The remains, possibly, of a long lost Pacific civilization, possibly built by Japan's prehistoric yeoman people who inhabited these islands as early as 12,000 BC, or just a naturally occurring landmark. Despite the Yunaguni's narrow passage waist, arched entrances parallel ninety degree angles, unusual formations that are largely believed to be natural rather than man-made. Um I don't know how I feel about you know, natural. I think it's possible, but I feel like the the monument has too many ninety degree angles to be natural.
1: Yeah, it does not look natural at all.
0: No. Like no. It, when we're talking about erosion from you know ocean forces on rocks, I agree that yeah, there there are some natural like uh, lines, erosion lines that can be formed, which are usually vertical in it looks in structure, but this looks very, way too yeah. temply.
1: Mhm. Yeah, there's no way that this was natural. It's like this this is natural. But this is very different.: Right. Looking right. at photos of like natural rocks and, and this um...
0: There's even a stairway on the inside, which I'll, I'll get you, I'll show you in a second. So um, this, since, since this structure is attached to a larger rock mass, the site's well-defined layers are likely to have gradually formed due to the site's position in an earthquake-prone area. Uh, resting. To note that a number of tools have been discovered both on land and in the sea around the structures. So, so not only is this structure in the ocean and perfectly formed 90 degree angles, apparently tools have been discovered on, on land and islands, various islands like old ancient tools and in the sea. Close to the pyramid structure, what is thought to be the carving of a human head. Uh, it's very rude, dementary, it's very crude, but it does look like. The shape of a human head the human head carving has been discovered and it is several feet tall along with numerous unknown writings and hieroglyphs no? That's, no that's a museum underwater but what you're looking at like all this that's it um but yeah so that's the yonaguni monument now i've got this to show you here so this is a link that i put in here and if i zoom in here so here is the, you know, for all you listeners, I know you don't have the visual right now unless you're looking it up. There is kind of like a just too perfect of 90-degree of angles right here. Like, like this 90-degree, 90 90-degree. 90 this is like an 85-degree angle. It just does not seem like it's natural. Mm-hmm. Here we have what looks to be like a hallway, right? And we have crude stairs mm-hmm. going up. And this is on the inside. So this is like on right in there. And then we have the other side, which is very similar, you know, this is the left side of it and this is the right side of it. And they are just very similar in the structure of the side where it's like there's this structure and then this kind of comes out like this. So both sides of the structure are equal. I'm like, nature cannot replicate symmetry. Symmetry. I feel not that perfect. So I'm just to me, it seems like it's a very ancient structure from some, some old it definitely does, prehistoric yeah. pe- person. It, people are saying it's the Yolman people because um, there is a land structure that was roughly kind of symmetrical to this one. So it's crazy um, when you think about it. But again, that's the mysteries of the deep. All of them have had proposed theories and solutions as to what they are, but they also remain unknown to us. Yeah. And maybe time will tell. Maybe science will tell us one day and solve some of these mysteries. But for now, we don't have a clue. No, it's copyright. I'm not doing that.
1: We're going to do a full episode on Atlantis at some point.
0: We are. We are. Because that do is that. a whole
1: mystery on its own. And I don't know what we're going
0: to find on it. All right. Well, that was our episode on...
1: Mysteries of the Deep.
0: Mysteries. All right. Uh, so follow us on all of the socials that we got going on. We have the Instagrammies. We got the Tiki Talks. We got the tweets. We have the, the Facebook for Facebookers, if you're a Facebooker and uh yeah we got all those going on we got the discords you can chat with us you got the the emails and uh yeah we hope you're having a great day a great night wherever you're listening from learning about the mysteries of the
2: deep good night
0: good, good night.